I noticed you stopped as soon as that went red. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was trying to help you out. All right. I'm trying to be more disciplined. Jonathan. Jay Dizzle. I'm going to start it at 30 seconds. At 30 seconds. Here we go. That's 15 seconds from now. Yeah, that's 15 seconds for you. 12 seconds from now. Oh, my gosh. 10 seconds from now. Somebody stop him. Listen, I'm stopped. I'm I'm stopping in six seconds, which is 30 seconds. Four seconds. Three, two. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm here. I'm joined, as always, in studio, the luxurious Third Street Martin Center Studios with Corey and James. And today... We're going to start with an interesting question, right? This is this is brand new approach for us to start with an interesting question. I want to know from you guys. I'm or, literally not doing another intro. That's it. We're using that and we're going to keep we're going. Rolling. I want to know from you guys. <clears throat> You know, we're now we're now in our 30s. Uh, We've seen our, you know, share and hopefully uh, uh, won't see these things too much more after this. But we've seen our share of interviews. Yeah, Um, we've been a part of them as the people interviewing. Uh, We've been a part of them as the people trying to uh, ask the questions or discern what to do. So I want to know what's your favorite interview question and why? Mm. Every ounce of my OCD and my entire personality is thrown off right now by the fact <laughs> that that just happened. Okay, okay, no, okay. I'm not no. Rachel. This is Corey. I'm with Rachel. You know, now we got it all straightened out. I'm Interview actually question. like, I'm like itching the palms of my hands Go. under the table right now. <laughs> this is not how we supposed to start. I'm like, this isn't how we do it. <laughs> yeah, this is a special episode. This is a special episode. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I hate that I am. Do you want to re-record no, it? No, I don't. Okay. Um, all right. My well, then fa- the question. <laughs> my favorite interview. Okay, this is not an interview question. Um, but this is how we uh, we we usually start like our huddles mm. with some sort of question. And I just really enjoyed this one last time. Uh, we posed the question: <clears throat> If there was a zombie apocalypse. Mm. Mm-hmm. What strength do you have that would make people be like, I got to put that person on my team? Like, oh, what do you bring to the table that Ooh. makes somebody be like, oh, shoot, I got to have Corey okay. on my team for if there's a zombie apocalypse? Or like, what, like, if you're fight, flight, or freeze, like, which one are you? Which one's coming uh-huh. out? So, why, why do I need you on my zombie apocalypse team? That was our, that was our question last time. And I just really liked it. Well, that's tough because, first of all, there's so many qualifiers that I need to feel like I need to I need <laughs> yeah. answers to. Well, you For don't example, actually have to answer it right what, now. What types of zombies are we dealing with? Right? Are we talking World War Z, where they're like super fast, can scale walls, and we're talking like type scary? <laughs> like, um, are we talking like Walking Dead, where they're kind of like slow and dumb? I didn't know there was different kinds of zombies. Too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's absolutely. I mean, that's it's a very What's important qualifying. Z? Is that a movie? Yeah, wasn't that was that Brad Pitt? Was that oh, a Brad, Brad yeah Brad Pitt? Uh, it was a Brad Pitt movie uh, when know. everybody was doing zombie movies and Brad Pitt was like, "I'm Brad Pitt. I need a I need a zombie movie." Um, he was in World War Z. So um, I actually only know Mad Scientist and those type of zombies. So 
Oh, the game. Yeah, yeah that's all I got. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, that's interesting. I don't. I don't know, JT. What's your what's your, what's your what's your skill that makes you valuable in the zombie apocalypse? I mean, I would say two. Okay. Even though I've been working out a bunch, I'm still like slow. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same well, well, not well, not Except slow. Not working out a bunch. Like not not slow. I'm mm-hmm. quick, but like for a long distance, like you're gonna catch me. So I would be good on the <laughs> team because the zombies would get me first. So if there's a mass of people, oh, wow, like what you an could interesting, you could grab me on the team as like oh, as as the sacrificial lamb. Oh there, gosh, as the sack lamb. Um, oh, as the sacrificial lamb there, and I would say probably. I mean, my my greatest skills are like sneaker buy-in and like <laughs> the fact that my hair keeps I can grow hair. Okay. Uh, so you don't feel I, you don't feel like you bring much. No, I'm a professional listener of hip hop. So if they need to like, if they need a playlist, there we go. If they need yeah. a dope playlist, a playlist that's so yeah. good. I can make a playlist. That's so good. We need a zombie apocalypse playlist. Wait, don't Actually, what I think you should do after this is I think you should make a zombie apocalypse playlist and then we should post it with this episode. <laughs> I think that that's what we need from you. You know what? Prove start, your skills. Start with Thriller. Here we go. Boom. Wait. Don't you not want to make noise? Because don't zombies go towards See? light and noise? That's an important qualifier. What kind of zombies what kind, are we talking yeah, about? Why are we answering this question? You just <laughs> asked what's our favorite interview question. You didn't actually have to answer the question. But oh. I, I'm feeling, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, that was my that was my favorite. Interesting. Okay, my favorite my favorite interview question uh-huh. is. When they like ask you long term questions, so they get mm-hmm. past like all the little questions, mm-hmm. and they say, well, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" Oh yes, five years. Yes. I have no idea. I'm interviewing for a job. Exactly, yeah. and that's yeah. my favorite because I get to lie. <laughs> oh okay. So my true answer and my true self, being like a conceptual thinker, well, where do I see myself in five years? If I was being honest, I would say. Free. Oh. Surrounded by beauty. Oh. I would say just like ethereal conceptual th- like where where do you where do you see yourself? Uh yeah. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my like my hope. Like like Watch, ha- watching the Super Bowl feature, yeah. featuring the Browns against the Cowboys. With the brothers. Yes. Yes. Who's the halftime show? Well, here we go. Five five years from now, I'm dreaming forward. Okay. Healed Kanye. Healed Kanye. <laughs> Healed Kanye. Is Healed uncanceled Kanye. Healed uncanceled Yay. <laughs> oh, gosh. The healed version. Heal oh. him, Jesus. The healed touch, version. Touch him, Jesus, please. I pray for him every day. Goodness. Yeah. So that's that's my favorite because I, I get to lie and I get to, like, say in my head. Well, not lie. Imagine. Uh, play make-believe. I'm like, okay, what would a normal person say here? <laughs> what would, a, what normal? would a normal person? What would, like... Yeah. Yeah. What would Jeff Smith say? Like, <laughs> is that a real person? Or you no, just I, just make, okay. I just picked two. Like, what if Jeff, what would Jeff Smith say? <laughs> well, Jeff Smith would say, I see myself uh, <laughs> climbing the ladder at this company. I see myself hopefully. Um, so I think, like, yeah. Why'd your voice change? What would Jeff Smith say? That's what Jeff Smith sounds that's like. Because that's what Jeff Smith sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh shout out to Jeff Smith, man. <laughs> My guy. I don't What's your favorite interview question? <sighs> um well I got I got a couple that I think um 
that I think that I use to like gauge the way that people like think or whatever. Um, but actually my favorite one right now is one that somebody else recently gave me. Um, shout out, shout out to Anna the goat. Um, she, she said, she told me that one of her favorite interview questions that I have since used, uh, 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 amount of times that will not be disclosed, um, is when you think about your brain, what color is it? Mm. Light blue. Mm. Why? Well, I just like that color. Mm. Just like the color light blue. Okay. Um, it feels peaceful. Ah. I don't know that my brain actually is a peaceful place, but yeah. but that's what color I feel like I would like it to be. That's mm-hmm. a color I would like to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a color I pick for a lot of things, and it just makes me feel happy. Mm. And calm. James, do you feel like you have new insight about Rachel having known that she sees her brain as being light blue? Yes. The sky is blue. <laughs> but not go. like a sky blue, like a like a like a turquoise, like a friendly blue. Oh, yeah, like a friendly blue. Yeah. 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 That's that's a yeah. good color. That's warm. Yeah. Shout out Skyler if he was here. Skyler knows like color psychology. He would be breaking stuff down. See, that's what I mean. Like that's what that's what I mean. Like so for me. Like I, I think of my brain as like light and dark. Um, I think of it in terms of like, like when it's working, when I'm exercising parts of my brain, that part of my brain is being like lit up. And so like, I see my brain as light and dark because I see my brain as like working or not working. Right. So, you know, it's just, yeah, it was, it was, it was just interesting. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, yeah, then I got wrapped up in the psychology of it and I was like, I was like, well, what does that, what does that say about me? And she's like, hmm. And just didn't answer the question. I got really self-conscious and changed the subject. James, is your brain purple? How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was literally thinking. I was like, when my brain is working, it's purple. It's purple. <laughs> and when it's not, it's red like Kenmore. <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> Oh, go magics. Oh, I just knew your geez. brain was purple. That's yes. hurtful. And like a lighter purple, not like a dark purple, like a nice purple. Oh, no, it's, it's magic purple. Magic. I don't it, know. I it's actually, royal. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Royal. That's, magic a, that's a bright purple to me. Oh, that's a bright purple. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Not like a dark purple. Like a. It's magic yeah. purple. KT's brain is purple. Dio's <laughs> brain is purple. Easter Day's brain and Max's is purple. Yeah. Go magics. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere right now, there is a counselor listening to this diagnosing all of our brains. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're like, dang, I really need to talk to Corey about yeah. his light and dark brain. Yeah. I need to talk to James about why his is red. I need to talk to Rachel about why she only picked one color. <laughs> somewhere that's happening. All right, so... Uh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you do you want to take this uh, uh, transition into the topic since you took the introduction? Well, to- I think I think the reason that we kind of came up with this question in our in our uh, pre pre recording meeting that we always work efficiently at um, so- is is it came it came from the idea of like what's I feel like what's tough about interviews is like you never know or at least I don't right I'll just talk about myself. I'd never know the amount of like the amount of time or the amount of answers I can give that's appropriate to just straight up talk about like myself without it sounding like arrogant or boastful. You know what I mean? Like, how do I show that like I'm not I'm not like this me monster 
Um, but also you're asking me questions about me. So like, is there a, you know, it's just, it just kind of creates this awkward dichotomy. And I think that, um, as you know, as we were talking, one of the things that we started saying was that like, there's the people who are like, who are like, it's probably to a fault will deflect, um, their own emotions, their own feelings, their own, uh, thoughts for the sake of valuing other people's. And then there's those who I'm painting the the opposites here, and then there's those who don't do that at all, right? Who think first and foremost uh, about themselves, their own um, their own comfortabilities, their own thoughts, their own preferences, their own whatever, and not at all. Like sometimes even at the expense of valuing where other people are coming from and so um but it's honestly it's a tough it's a tough line to walk it's a tough line to walk in things like interviews and honestly where where we see it come up i think at least right now timely for me most often is on social media right like what's the appropriate amount for me to uh post uh, or have somebody post uh, <laughs> on on my behalf uh, about me as opposed to other things and how do I do it in a way how do I promote things that God is doing in my life and opportunities that I want to provide for other people without feeling like an icky you know like self-promoty me monstery you know type person so that's kind of where we're coming from with the question obviously I want to I want to as as Rachel as the host I would love <laughs> to get your guys's uh your guys's thoughts yeah, Tim Keller, in this little tiny book he wrote, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, takes some time in that tiny book, and he kind of outlines like his thoughts and his perspectives on ego. When he talks about ego, he talks about how we would normally portray ego, and ego and like thinking way too much of yourself. I remember when I was in high school, uh, we had a teacher, and it's really funny I don't know how this teacher like gained this from the two of us, but my my friend O'Brien, she said that he had confidence. And she said confidence was like having a pocket full of money and mm. no one knowing and living like you just have a pocket full of money. Mm. Then she looked at me and she said, you have an ego. Oh. And she said, having an ego is like having a balloon that is full of helium. And the balloon gets bigger, but when you pop it, you find nothing. Not, not kidding you. She wow. said. Dang. She said that. I mean, what a compliment to O, right? Oh, she said like, he got. She said he got. She's like, wow. Oh, uh, she also told him that. And I would agree with that for she, what it's worth. She like, also, she also said he had a nice face and he was like Bill Cosby. So okay, there might have oh, been. Wow. Well, that was before oh, we knew. Oh, that was a lot she, of. I think she was saying like Heathcliff. So that was like. <laughs> I think that was before she was saying Heathcliff Huxtable, not Bill. I mean, but. I didn't know you in high school. Dang. That's harsh. That's I mean, awful, I, I mean, I was, I was, I believed in Kanye. I was full. Yeah. So I, yeah. Dang, bro. I often said to people, there's a thousand years. There's only one of me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. All right. I see what she was doing. Yeah. He had just came out with graduation. Yeah. Like it was, it was a different thousand time. thousand years. There's only one of me. <laughs> that was a different time. But that's how we normally think of ego, right? Mm-hmm. Ego is like someone whose head is big. And someone who's completely focusing on themselves. When we think about social media, what we think about when we see ego is like, yeah, I have a I have a friend. She has like legit like over a hundred thousand followers, and she's like a mom blogger. So I get on, and like 
I followed her since we were in college. And I get on and my like timeline or whatever you call it on Instagram is like flooded with just like her like she plays these songs and she's talking about like being a mom and it's like awesome that she's a mom. But like it's like her doing like some like weird dance to like these songs like talking about being a mom all the time and it's just like three or four times like a day and i only know this because like i don't get on every day but when i get on there's like five or six of those joints like Mm -hmm. flooding like the feed flooding the timeline we think of ego and on social media we often think of people who overpost people who are self-promoting people who only are thinking of them so in tim keller's book on self-forgetfulness He also is going to portray this idea of ego as thinking of yourself too little. So in this book, he talks about how people portray false humility when they believe that if they just think about themselves like and as lesser, then that like makes it better. But Tim Keller is going to go on like in his book to talk about, hey, when you think of yourself as lesser, you're still thinking about yourself. And the way he's going to like yeah. really talk about ego is ego is when you're only thinking about yourself. So for some, they think about themselves and they're self-promoting. And for others, they think about themselves constantly and they're self-deprecating. But the reality is like ego is the idea that we're constantly thinking of ourselves. So there's humility. And then there's like the false humility of like, well, no, I'm not good enough. No, I'm not going to do that. No, no. That still centers around me. It still centers around I. And the reality is that when you do that, like, it makes you no better in essence in the end than the person who's, like, constantly, like, self-promoting. It just means that one person's self-promoting and one person isn't. Wow. Yeah, that's really good because I think, like, when I've heard the term me monster you typically think of someone who thinks really highly of themselves but essentially uh what you or what tim keller rather is saying is a me monster is someone who's just consistently focused on themselves whether it's self-pity self-hatred self-loathing or an overabundance of self-love either way you are entirely focused on yourself and i think um it's it's tricky because, you know, we talked before on here about the downward spiral of, like, negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I've never considered before that, like, that is actually a type of me monster. But haven't we seen that? Where, like, you're having a conversation with somebody and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've been going through this, this, and this, and it's so hard, and I just need some help. And they're like, yeah, I know. I also have gone through that. And they turn it around to, like, what's difficult in their lives instead of being like, yeah, what you're going through is really hard. And and I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. Like, sometimes I know if there's something, like, difficult that I'm going through I don't necessarily bring it up because I want you to give me answers. I bring it up because I like I, I'm a mom and I work full time and I've got all these spaces and I'm like, dang, you know what? I actually didn't take a minute to think about that. My life right now and what I'm experiencing is actually hard. Um, my friend Jada actually checked me the other day um, because I mean, you guys know I, ha- I have to get this surgery next week, this uh, this eye surgery. 
And I kept putting, I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like, I've gone through this before. Like, it's not a big deal. I experienced this as a kid. And I just kept, like, downplaying it. And she was like, I actually need you to stop doing that. She's like, I need you to stop downplaying this because I, just because you are numb doesn't mean it's not a big deal. And I was like, dang, that, that was tough. That was tough. Um, and I, I've never, like, until you just said that, I've never actually considered that that might be a kind of me monster. You know, this I- idea that, like, you're um, obsessing over something or you're downplaying something or you're downplaying yourself or whatever. Uh, that's That's super interesting. Yeah, and it's just, like, it hits in such a real spot. I was talking to, like, a low-key... Yeah, I guess I can call him a mentor of sorts of mine. And he asked me if I was on LinkedIn. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. So he pulls me up on LinkedIn and he's like, he's like, this is not a recent picture. And it's a terrible picture. He's like, he's like, you didn't list. And he just goes through my thing and he's like, you've done so much more than this. He's like, why haven't you listed what you've done? He's like, since I've known you, he's known me six years, like since we started Citizens. And he goes, I know you've done more than that. He's like, why don't you have that listed? And I'm like, I'm like, who looks at people's LinkedIn profiles? And he goes, I go, who looks at people's LinkedIn profiles? And he goes, James, I do. And I want to give you money. And he goes, hello. And he goes, (laughs) I'm here. He goes, Adults looked at LinkedIn files and he just like, he starts to just like go in on me about like, that's painful about my LinkedIn profile and about like posting. And I'm like, I'm like thinking I'm like, cool. I'm like, who cares? I'm like, who cares about that? And he says, you should, because you care about this neighborhood and the families in it. And he's like, if you cared about this more, it could be a vehicle of connection for you caring about families in this neighborhood. He's like, there could be people who want to give and connect. And he literally was like, he's like the first time one of my friends hits me up and says like, Hey, you should consider giving to this. He's like, the first thing I do is I look at the executive director's LinkedIn profile. Wow. He's like, he's like, I look to see what like is going on and what's happening. He's like, I look at their socials. To see if like a story is being told. He's like, I look at the organization socials. He's like, it's a way of me getting to know a few things before I like know them. And he's like, I go to the website. So he's like, that stuff matters. And in my head, I was like, man, I was like, I still think this is stupid and I don't want to do it. (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, if this is going to help families in my neighborhood and I'm hung up on the fact that like, I don't want to bring any attention to myself. I was like, that's whack. I was like, I just need to bring attention to what we're doing and say a lot of wheeze and a lot of eyes and figure out ways to just like bring attention to what we're doing. But like I could be prohibiting like movement going forward and us getting more funding just for me being a, yeah. A grumpy millennial. (laughs) Dang. You know, I I think like, I think part of the reason that we feel so uncomfortable with uh, talking about things that we're doing that are good 
is because so often we see examples of people talking about things that are do that they're doing and it's not done well. Like part of the reason I feel like uh I have like this PTSD with um fundraisers and uh and asks being made um to give money to stuff. Like I like I can't do that anymore. And it's because of how often I saw it done poorly and how often I felt uncomfortable in the room when it was done. And like part of the reason it's so hard to like uh, post things on social media that like aren't just funny or aren't just like turning the attention to the kids or something like that is because so often it feels so me monstery. Um, but when you feel like you actually have something to offer and and when you have processed a whole thought, like when you've gotten to the end of the thought process, it feels so different because you're like, actually, um, here's what I learned. And and that to to present something in a way that says, here's what I've learned and here's why I care deeply about this. Mm-hmm. That feels so different than saying, like, look at this amazing thing that I've done. You know, when you're offering something that you genuinely believe in and you're taking into consideration the person on the other side of you, all of a sudden what you're presenting takes on an entirely different uh, posture. And so, like, so often what I think about now before – before anything goes up on any of the social media channels that like that I help with, like, you know, this person to my right uh, (laughs) is what is, what's the inherent value to the reader. Mm. And when you're considering like, what's the value to the reader? What's the person, what's the value to the person sitting on the other side of me? Or what's the value in this to uh, the person listening to the sermon that I'm giving? Um, Instead of saying like, what do I have to preach at them? It's like, what is the value of what I'm saying? And when you ask, like, what is the value of what I'm saying? Suddenly the way that you say it and the way that you present it is entirely different. Yeah. Uh, Big shout out to Ryan Johnston. I know you probably, you probably listen to podcasts. You're probably not going to listen to this. (laughs) But but Ryan, big, big shout out if you're listening, bro. I remember like it was yesterday. Me and this dude were like eating wings at B Dubs. He wanted mm. to go to B Dubs for lunch. And we're sitting and we're eating wings. And Ryan legit, like, we're talking about it was before we launched Citizens. And we're talking about like who we wanted to be as a church. And he just looked at me. And he was like, Hey man, he's like, You're gonna have to get over this. He's like, Don't be afraid of what you're not. And he just kept saying to me, he's like, Don't be afraid of what you're not. And I think it took me years to actually understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I think, like, as someone who, like, started a church and, like, left something and tried to create something, like, not inherently different, but something reimagined, I think sometimes I get to a space where I'm more focused on what I'm against than Mm -hmm. what I'm for. Yeah. And I think, like, that prohibits me sometimes from saying, like, that's real. This is what I'm for. Yeah. And I'm going to go full force into what I'm for. And I think because of what, like, some things that I'm against or some perspectives or philosophical methodologies that I'm against, I think that causes me to not go full force into what I'm for. And, yeah, I, I think I'm yeah, I'm praying to just be more freed up into, like, 
being unabashedly and unashamedly like this is what I'm for. Like it or like it or leave it. <laughs> like, uh, and then in five years, you'll be free. Hopefully. Praise um, God. Yeah. <laughs> free, bro. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here convicted. <laughs> I wish this was something. I wish this was something that I could be like, yeah, man, last season I was really wrestling with like, and that's not the case. I, um, be not being on the other side of this conversation. I think that, um, this is real time for me but the important thing and what i'm hearing you guys say is like is attaching attaching uh posts or um you know conversations about what i'm doing uh or the value that i bring to a table attaching that to purpose mm-hmm. uh is like what i'm hearing you guys say and that's like really important for me i recently had the opportunity to advocate for our community and all the things that have been going on uh, in the last 13 years here uh, at the Martin Center and then also like in the surrounding neighborhoods and where we see things going and stuff. And um, and I started uh, honestly like I just started sharing like the facts coupled with the stories of what's happened here over the last 13 years. Like there was no like it wasn't a I didn't even know it was going to turn into this. Like there was no dynamic pitch. There was no PowerPoint presentation. There was no like really dope video like, hey, guys, just want to stop by for a minute and say like there was there was, you know, none of that stuff. Right. It was just like me sharing. And the person that I was sharing this stuff with um, sits in a position where uh, they have, you know, they they could really like help move stuff forward. Um, they have a position of influence in the city. And as I was sharing these things, like they were very affirming of myself, of our community, of the things that we've overseen, um, at Martin at third street. And, and, uh, they said, they said, this is, this is amazing. And they were like, even more than that, this is, this is actually like attractive to a lot of people who would, not only benefit, but want to support like, this is a really big deal and you need to hear that. And I was, and I was like, started to, you know, I started to sit up a little straighter, you know, and I was getting a little excited and he's like, he's like, but you know what the problem is? I was like, what? He's like, the problem is that you've prided yourself on being underground up to this point And now nobody knows who you are. And I was just like, uh, wah, wah. Uh, he's, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, you need to like make known the things that are happening here if you really want to put a shoulder into where you say this thing is going. Like, you want to cast big vision, like you can't cast big vision quietly. Like, you wanna, you wanna like see big things move. You can't, you can't whisper about it. And I mean. This person didn't like this person didn't uh look at my social media that I know of, but I'm sure the might have. The, I'm sure they probably wouldn't have been pleased uh with what they saw either, right? I probably would have got a stern talking to about how adults look at well, I know he didn't look at my LinkedIn because you don't even have that one. doesn't exist. <laughs> but uh by the time I didn't this no people looked at LinkedIn, bro. Uh, bro, like by the time this airs, I probably will have a LinkedIn because this is about the fourth time in the last two weeks somebody's been like, Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm like, no. What is LinkedIn? Yeah. Like, I bro, I I literally didn't even know that was a thing. Um got a profile on the ESPN app. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, you want to look at you want to look at my fantasy football trophies? I got <laughs> it's extensive. All right, you want to? Yeah, but um, but the idea. Sorry. So getting back to the point, the idea for me of attaching it to purpose helps me feel conviction towards um, towards you know actually willingly talking about uh, the things that the things that God is doing. Um, and the things that, uh, the positions that he's placed me in and like some of the things that I, that I've overseen. Um, so that's real. That's real. That's, that's the conviction that, that I feel. I think when I, when I hear what you're saying and I'm, I'm still stuck on, uh, James's Tim Keller statement in the beginning, but like when I, when I think about all of that and kind of put it all together, what I kind of am hearing is um, that the opposite of a me monster, whether whether it's self-deprecating or self-promoting, like the opposite of a me monster is not someone who never thinks about themselves. Mm-hmm. But the opposite of a me monster is someone who knows when to think about themselves, mm-hmm. who knows when to be introspective, who knows when to yeah. communicate, who That's knows when to uh, when to call up a friend, when to uh, invite someone to sit down across the table from you, or when to post on socials. Like the opposite of a me monster is a self aware human being. Um, and because uh, I mean, like what you guys are both saying is like the, is that people are saying, "Hey, I want to know what you're doing because I want to jump in." So tell me how. And a me monster isn't like, uh, or, or I'm sorry, like a, a self-deprecating or self-promoting me monster is like, oh, I have nothing to offer or, oh, I have everything to offer you, right? I heard in a sermon the other day, the lady was like, it was, uh, I was listening to this sermon from uh, Christine Kane out in California. And she was like, she was like, we should only be calling people to follow us insofar as we're following Jesus. Mm. Like we're not calling Mm. people to click the follow button on your socials. You're calling people to follow Jesus and you should only be inviting people to follow you as far as you're following him. Yeah, that's good. And that's kind of what I hear you guys saying is like attaching it to purpose is like putting something out there because you believe in what it is, not because you believe in all the great things that you can do. Hmm. That I mean, just that just propelled me. Yeah. That, oh, pun Bless intended. Up. Bless up. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel a little better. You know, I might even start a LinkedIn. <laughs> hey, if by the time I'm you guys, but by the time you guys listen to this, uh, if you go to check to see if I made a LinkedIn profile, and I in fact did, well, what do you do on LinkedIn? Send a friend request. I don't Is know. That a, or a follow button or do whatever. You to, do like, you have a top eight? Yeah. I don't know how it works. I, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I made a LinkedIn because James convicted me to make a LinkedIn, but I still haven't figured out how to use it, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So whatever you do on LinkedIn, like do that People for me. Like send, yeah, send me a message. That's like crazy. what's up? Like so, long time listener, first time messenger. So here so here's my question. Uh here's my question as we wrap things up to you mm-hmm. guys. I sorry, I took it back from you. Um here's my question. Uh how do you know when it's time? To look at yourself. When do you... That's not fair. I was going to ask that question. When do you know that it's time uh, to look in the mirror? Um, Whether it's for self-evaluation or to be like, hey, this thing that God is using you to do is dope. And it's time for you to stop being afraid and start sharing it. How do you know when to do that? I think first we should be asking those questions all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like part of spiritual formation is creating a consistent space where you're self-reflecting 
and asking those questions. Mm-hmm. The reality is, like, sometimes we should, like, schedule those things out. Uh, yeah. Rich Velotas, he, yeah. I don't know if he said this at a conference I was at or, yeah, or he said it or wrote it somewhere that if we don't go to the desert to fight our demons, then our demons will just continue to fight us and beat us up. Like the reality is like we have, we have to cultivate those spaces. And I think when we cultivate those spaces of self-reflection and we really ask ourselves questions and we focus into our inner life, I believe we'll be able to honestly see, Oh, like I'm asking people to follow me. I'm not asking people to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not at, like, I think we'll be able to discern those things as we yeah, spend time in self-reflection and focused into the inner world. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think when it comes down to um, what it comes down to for me is, is motivation mm. uh, and, and honestly in health um, motivation from the standpoint of like, of like why, um, why do, why are you sharing what you want to share? Right. Like, is it yeah. attached to, is it attached to, to a deeper meaning? Um, and if it is, then honestly, forget what anyone has to say, even if they will call you a me monster, like, man, that, listen, you, you know, you know what it was. God knows what it was like, yeah. just let it be. Right. Um, but also, also when it comes to health and I would put that, especially in the people who like are fall on like the self deprecating end of, uh, of the spectrum, um, the me monster spectrum, uh, is, is asking, asking the questions of like, um, am I like, am I looking for affirmation, right? Um, am I receiving affirmation? What's the asking the leadership questions? Like what's the, what's the broccoli in my teeth, you know, in order to gain perspective and self-awareness. Um, but then also like, am I, am I undermining my own God given influence Mm. by disqualifying myself and, and not, not sharing, um, what's on my heart or what I'm designed to do. And, you know, those are questions that for a long time I have not been able to see from a mature perspective. And, you know, admittedly, I've just now <laughs> started processing in, in in a lot of ways. But I think it's it's really important on our journey to, um, like, to not only, like, being self-aware and being the healthiest version of ourselves, but also finding the best way to put in work for the things that we care about. And yeah, so that's, I think that's, that's the only thing that I would add. So to tie a bow on this thing, here it goes. We can't, as Tim Keller would say, be me monsters where we only like are self promotional where we're only about ourselves. But at the same time, we can't be self deprecating because that turns the focus to ourselves. When Jesus teaches us differently. Paul in Philippians 2 is going to ask us to not only look to the interests of ourselves, but look to the interests of others. And why do we look to the interests of others? Because we have the great example of Jesus who counted equality with God, a thing not to be grasped, but he emptied himself and he was obedient unto death, even death on the cross. And for us, 
when we do that, when we look other places in ourselves, man, it opens up a gateway for the gospel to move beautifully. But, but when we look at ourselves appropriately, as Christ would want us to, we can't love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. So, yeah. So when we look at ourselves appropriately, it also creates way for the gospel to move beautifully as well. With that, what's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you.